hearing a different voice and seeing me start the episode because that is the reason why is because Kemper is not here. Kemper is off living the life of luxury. He's in Disney World with his family. Congrats to him. Uh, I hope you rode Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the best rides we experienced last year. But anyway, yes, I am Ethan. I am here, and I'm with a new guest co-host. So I would like to welcome in one Adam Barr. Adam, welcome for, or not welcome, thank you for coming and welcome. Thanks for having me. Great to be on the Folding the Cheese podcast here. I know I have some big shoes to fill, but uh, i do my best. Yes, Kemper always does get nervous when he leaves because the hosts I bring in are just spectacular. So he does worry that his job will be taken. So, you know, Adam, this is your tryout. Here we go. Kemper, watch out. You know, go ride Rise of the Resistance. But Resistance could be coming right now. Those rebels, watch out. Uh, so anyway, Adam, I did. So first of all, Adam is in. Uh, we are all in the King of the Neighborhood Fantasy League together. So uh, we have that in common. So we will be diving into that in a little bit. But first, Adam, uh I just learned this year that you are a big Browns fan. So I don't know whether to say congrats or I'm sorry. Uh, give me a little history on how that came about. I think congrats, I'm sorry, is is the right thing to say. <laughs> um, you know, obviously we haven't sniffed the Super Bowl, not even close. But things are on the upswing in Cleveland, and, and I'm a big fan because I grew up there. Um, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan now. And um, – Definitely brought the Browns fandom with me, done my best to uh, help my sons become fans too, but... Fans of football or of the Browns? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Sure, both. And so my my son, for instance, he, he likes the Browns a lot, um, but we've also watched a lot of Lions games too. I think we just, sure. we just enjoy sitting down and watching games, right? So as we're watching, I have my, my, uh, basement kind of uh, entertainment center cubby and it's dedicated to the Browns and always a reminder of who we root for and I'll put the flag out. Um, <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's been a, a fun season to root for the Lions to an easy since they're not in the same division or, or conference true. as the Browns. That's true. You wouldn't have to fight face them until the Super Bowl, which Lions have never been there. Have the Browns? I know they've never won. Have they ever been there? Don't believe so. I think okay. John Elway, John Elway prevented the best chance That's they true. had. That's true. It was always yeah. freaking my way. Uh, okay, so growing up, did you have season tickets or did you go to a lot of games? Like, what was it like? Watched all the games I could. Um, you know, I came up here to Michigan um, after high school. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity to venture downtown by myself for a game. I've gone to most of my games uh, since being here. So I just was um, at the game against the Ravens. Yes. Uh, let's we don't have to talk about that i was gonna say the best is when you sent the text out to the group chat and you're like yeah starting here and then uh how you upgraded your seats towards the end of the game which was your driver's seat going home driver's seat, much better seats than uh the other seat i was in for three quarters for <laughs> but what was like so what's the vibe at paul brown stadium right now like is there hope i mean obviously you lose nick chubb which sucks uh first of all i just find like nick chubb is probably one of the classier guys in the nfl he just seems like such a good dude just like a good teammate i don't know always just a workhorse a grinded out kind of guy so feel terrible for him in that sense yeah. but like kind of what's the vibe at, at browns games now because obviously deshaun is a lightning rod but what what does it feel like yeah i feel like it resets every sunday you know <laughs> what happened the week before is over and uh, until you get to the end of the season and you're eliminated, there's always a chance and the Browns fans always show up huge. And 
And so when I was uh, at the game, I, I kind of meandered through um, the Muni lot. It's called the Municipal Stadium lot. Okay. Muni lot short, and that's where the hardcore fans go and tailgate. And, and there was just such a energy and joy over there uh, quickly diminished during the game. But I'm sure this next home game, I, I believe they're home with the Niners after a bye week uh, on Sunday. And I'm sure the energy will be back to being just as high, just as excited, just as hopeful as it was on, on game one of the season. So I guess you kind of got to be like Ted Lasso and have the memory of a goldfish in that sense, if you're a Browns fan or what? I think you do. I, I don't think it's a choice. I think some people are just cursed with, with that forgetfulness and uh, <laughs> they just put their, their shirts on every Sunday and get out there and root for their team. So not to just like batter you senseless with Brown's history, but like what was probably the, this most soul crushing for you as a Browns fan. And so the, I would put that into two categories, immediate soul crushing. So something that happens where you lose a game and you just, it's just takes all the air out of your sails. But I would, I would say a lot of what they've done is this kind of uh, slow tragedies unfolding. It's, it's the drafting Johnny Manziel where, you know, man, if this goes wrong, it's gonna, it's gonna take, two years, maybe three years to come back from this. Right. Yeah. So the most tragic things are probably the things where you just, you lose games, right? Like when they lost the playoff game to the chiefs a few years ago, Oh, that was bad, but, but man, you put up a great game against the chiefs and they were the better team probably at least that day and probably every day actually. But uh, <laughs> what hurts is looking back and being like, man, what could have been if they didn't make, something like the Johnny Menzel mover, frankly, all the quarterbacks they drafted high that didn't pan out. True. Okay. That's fair. Uh, I feel like there should be a Joe Thomas statue though, outside of the stadium, just because you talk about a lifelong Brown, one who dedicated himself to that franchise. Like he's got to be an all timer in Cleveland up there with LeBron. That's all I got to say. Oh yeah. And not just, <laughs> not just for the player he was, and he was obviously a heck of a player, but just, going through those hard years and just being the ultimate professional right? ultimate iron man. He was actually at the game with his, with his gold jacket that I was at and you could just tell the fans love him. And, but I agree, if you're going to put a statue up of someone, why, why wait, why just, let's just get one up of him. It's gotta be that guy. I also love, and this is just a total random tangent, how, you know, obviously when you're an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, you're a massive individual, you're huge. But isn't didn't Joe Thomas have like the biggest glow up after he retired? Like he's all slim and fit and just like living his best life. How does that always happen to these offensive linemen after they're done? I have no idea. I mean, it was it was it wasn't like years. It was it was, you know, he the retired and then two months later it was like, who's that guy? Yeah, he just Jeez. started uh, not eating as much and like apparently kept the same workout routine and it's amazing what he, what he did there. I mean, just not getting smacked in the face every day for an hour straight. That probably helps too. But, um, okay. Enough about your Browns history. Uh, I am currently wearing my Tom Brady Jersey because he is not walking through that door. Uh, my Patriots are terrible and it's a sad, sad day to be a Patriots fan. So I'm reliving the glory days. So that's, that's kind of what I'm rocking with right now, but we are here to talk about some fantasy football. So, Adam, we are in the same neighborhood league. We are in a 10-teamer, the king of the neighborhood here in Ada Moorings. So, um, one, how's your team doing? Give me two – or give me your three studs, and then we're going to talk about a little bit about the draft and kind of your strategy coming into this season. Awesome. So, <laughs> let's cover studs first. Uh, you know, I took 
Keenan Allen not knowing he would be a stud, but he's having a great year. He um, is. I should have seen that coming. I thought I thought coming into the season that Herbert might be that number one overall QB when it was all said and done and just have an all-time sort of season. Um, he's way up there. Um, same thing with Mark Andrews. He was a high pick for me, and I always love grabbing that tight end. Yeah. And so you just get stuck, you know. If you don't have the tight end or you draft someone who you think is going to be great, but he's putting up three points per week, you're just riding waiver wires after waiver yeah. wire week after week. So getting Mark Andrews, um, although, you know, not top five, even 10 guy in the league, I put him um, at that ultimate kind of important position, honestly. Sure. I mean, then, as you just said, tight end is such a wasteland that if you don't get one of the top, I guess right now it's probably only three guys. If you don't get those three, as you said, like I waited, so I have a terrible tight end, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just shuffling basically every week, which is annoying and sucky, but for you, just kind of set it and forget it. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Yep, love to set it and forget it. And then my my stub, my first round pick was, was Eckler, and uh, I believe we're half-point PPR in our league. Or is it full point PPR? Uh, Eckler is great in all formats, but yeah. man, it, when you're getting points per catch, you're just, he's, that's where someone like Chubb is a fantastic player. But when you have someone right. like Eckler who's catching, you know, five, six, seven, eight balls a, a week, those points add up. So you had the, uh, the fourth overall pick. So were you hoping for Eckler or who were you hoping at that fourth spot? I was kind of hoping for Eckler. Um, okay. You know, there were Jefferson and McCaffrey and, and those guys were up there. And fourth is a good spot to be. I think it's it's tougher being kind of when you're drafting, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth. Yeah. You might not I get. had the eighth pick. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, super happy with Eckler. You know, you, you might not get that top guy coming back at you because you have the fourth pick there. But I uh, was pretty happy with, with where I was sitting there and thought I got a good player. Were you thinking at all? So, because Kemper and I had talked kind of coming into the season that, you know, obviously in the past, you know, five, 10 years, the strategy has always been in that first round, you basically have to get a top running back. Heck, even in the first two rounds, that's kind of got to be your strategy. Just that's kind of how fantasy had evolved. But Kemper and I were looking at this year, and this was kind of the first year we were thinking that this might be a, a year where you might wait on running backs just because, one, there's such a depth of, of, good wide receiver talent and two, the running backs, it was so top heavy in the sense that basically after McCaffrey and, a, and an Eckler, it's kind of big question marks. So were you at all thinking of that? I know granted, we didn't know our pick until what about an hour before the draft, mm -hmm. but were you thinking about that at all? Because as I sat in eighth pick, I was like, I, I'm going to try and go, I'm going to, I waited on running backs. So did you think about that at all? Yeah. The interesting conversation, I think, to have is this idea of positionless football, right? Right. So someone like Bijan Robinson, right? It's like, is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? I, over time, I guess we'll find out and it'll be clear. But you know, a few years ago when I was doing fantasy, you just you just took the running back, right? You know, the top, top uh, six, six. <laughs> exactly. And now it's you know, okay, I'm taking a running back, but this guy might be put out wide in the or in the slot. You know, you mm -hmm. never even know so yeah you know and you have you have that uh you know even Debo Samuel was taken you know he was back in the gun and taking handoffs right and he was like well is this guy a wide receiver is he and it's just he running back what is he doing he, everything so there are traditional running backs I would put Nick Chubb in the 
category of more traditional running back, but mm -hmm. then you have just these offensive weapons. And so sometimes I just want to take the best weapon. Uh, okay. And so, more, uh, position a little bit, right? Okay. So you were kind of, so into the draft this year, you were looking at position list kind of thing, just basically best available talent. Yeah. Looking for okay. points. Right? And, so, and who do you want on your team? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'd rather just take guys that at the end of the year, I'm like, I just like watching these teams. I like watching these guys perform. You know, yeah, it's interesting you're saying talking about positionless football, basically just taking the best guy available. So that's usually what you do in, the, in a real draft. But here in the fantasy world, it's kind of different. But it's interesting you say that. And if you look at our first round, I mean, you had Jefferson and Chase going one, two. So that's already kind of unheard of to have a non running back in your first two picks. But then you look at Jefferson, Chase, you have a Travis Kelsey going six, you have Tyreek Hill and then Garrett Wilson. So that's five non running backs in the first round, which is just wild. Like, just wild to see that now. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's this year specific or if this is going to be the trend. I think it's going to be the trend just because you see so many backfields now that are split in time. And you just see guys like a Saquon Barkley who should be stud, but he's getting hurt. Even your boy Eckler, unfortunately for you, like, he gets hurt. He doesn't really have a injury history like that. But, yeah, it's just weird how it's kind of evolving and morphing into that, I guess you could say, position list. Totally right. I, again, I've seen that evolution. I've played fantasy football. I think this is my 14th year now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't see it stopping. I don't think it's a, a one year thing. I think we'll be right back here next year with, with the red receivers right up top yeah. there, quite honestly. And especially if people are going to like a, a full PPR league, I know ours is half point, but I mean, a Jamar Chase had 15 catches last week. I mean, right there is 15 points. When your boy Keenan Allen, I was playing against Keenan Allen in my college league that I've had for 20 plus years. He and, and I ranted to Kemper. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. He had, I want to say, 48 points that week because he had an ungodly amount of just receptions alone. It's insane. So it's insane. I wanted to cry. But to drown my sorrows and actually improve them, want to talk about what happened last week in our league? Do you want to or no? Let's go there. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> so, yes, you and I uh, actually ended up facing off last week. And, Ugh. you know, it's funny. You, you never really go by the draft grades, which, you know, in this league I had an A-plus, no big deal. But, um, <laughs> you know, after week one, like you and I had great opening weeks and we are both feeling like really good. Like, oh, I think you and I are going to, you know, we could be seeing each other towards the end. Uh, we both had kind of a little couple setbacks as we got to it, where we were last week. So we were both two and two coming into our matchup. And now be honest, were you confident in our matchup? I did go in confident, I'll be honest, and uh, maybe a little too confident, I'll admit. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, probably my lowest output points-wise so far. Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't help yeah, when true. Eckler and Allen – are having no game. That was their bye week. And those are two of my, my horses yeah. there. And so, I mean, that's a big part of fantasy, right? You, you have these, uh, you have these matchups that you look at and then you, you check your, your team. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I have, who's on by this week. Who's and and I talked about this with Kemper as our draft went, when you're drafting, do you pay attention to bye weeks? Cause I know I never do. And I'm always at the end of the draft, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like week seven, I literally have nobody playing. <laughs> like, Listen, just... when the clock is ticking and your heart <laughs> is going and you're just trying to look at names, it's usually yeah. the, the thing I look at after, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll draft a guy and then I'll look at my team and kind of step back and say, all right, for those later rounds, maybe I should avoid taking Man, guys. 
yes. with a buy in week eight because I see now that I have five guys that also have buys in week eight. Or you you go the opposite way. You're, you're just saying, hey, I'm going to take the best guys, but in my head, I'm just going to prepare to concede that week. I'll take the L, right? True. That's true. It's like, I'll just give up one week. It's just stack them all in one. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so looking at our matchup, you know, so your QB was was Tua, which who's been a stud for you this year. Uh, right. The only unfortunate thing for you is that I have Tyreek Hill, so exactly. it kind of <laughs> counters that. And I think it favors. Would you say in a quarterback receiver matchup, it favors the receiver because of that PPR, right? It favors the receiver for sure. The other interesting layer of our matchup is I had Waddle, and so yeah. I had the other the number two receiver, and so it was always. So if, if Tua's kind of going to one of those guys, it was either double the points for me or or those yeah. points were going to you. So when Tua has a 60-yard touchdown, whatever that long one was to Hill, you're getting more points on that. You know, yeah. I, I offset some of that, but it's a, a favor of you for sure. I wasn't going to – I was a little bit nervous when I was like, crap, he's got Tua and Waddle. Because if it's a Waddle day, like I'm screwed and, and it's Tyreek nothing for me. But fortunately for me, it was a, it was a Tyreek day. So that was good. Uh, you know, you had Jordan Addison, Chris Alive. I mean, basically, besides Alvin Kamara, everyone on your team underperformed. Uh, Chris Alave was a no-show, but granted, they were just destroying the Patriots, so I wouldn't worry about him. I think that was just kind of a fluke mm -hmm. thing because of the destruction. I mean, Zay Flowers was fine, but God, are you worried about a Mark Andrews and a Zay Flowers because of kind of what's going on in Baltimore? You know, I, the other I have I have two Saints too, so I have I have a lot of doubles on my team. I have uh, so I have Alave Camara, and then I have Andrews and Flowers, and uh, which was intentional. I I kind of looked at okay, you know, if, if you're going to have guys two guys on the same team, at least pick uh, teams with good offenses. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, Saints would be a little bit better than they've <laughs> been so far this year. They scored but, 34 points, man, against a stout Patriots defense. Watch it. Yeah, see? See? And speaking of Patriots defense, that's who I have. Oh, I'm like, God, uh, yeah. sitting there with one point. I'm going to have to reevaluate my <laughs> my decision on doing that. Yeah, no Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez is going to hurt you right there. So you might want to drop them. Yeah, just, that'll just be my – yeah. uh, But real quick, going to Kamara – was he a target for you? Because obviously he missed the first three games of the season with the suspension. Was he someone who was kind of as your late mid-ish round that maybe you'll make a reach for him thinking that people will forget about him? Totally. I saw him as a, as a value pick, you know, uh, a few of those guys because of injuries or, or suspensions always are lower in the rankings when you're drafting. And if, if you can just kind of weather those three, four five weeks, whatever it is that that player is going to be out, you're obviously going to have, a player that comes on that would have been a higher pick, second or sure. third round. So I saw so, Kamaran. I forget what round I picked him in, but he was a little bit irresistible for for me. Yeah, you drafted him all the way in the eighth round, which I eighth mean, round. I think it's, See, it's I probably mean, a steal. I don't know how or let how or why I let him go because my running backs are trash now. I have great receivers, so I've got I've got Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, and Calvin Ridley as my three starting wide receivers, but mm. my running backs are garbage. So I have. Ramondre Stevenson, who's been terrible. Aaron Jones, who had one great week and then has been hurt and then now it's a bye week. So he's kind of been a, a frustrating for me. And then I have like a Javante Williams who's been disappointing. So I think I need to upgrade at the running back position. So if you want to just, you know, hand me over Camara, that's fine. I would love it. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, I'll give that some thought. <laughs> but kind of on, on the same breath, and Cameron and I have talked about this a little bit with Alan Camara, Jonathan Taylor. 
Okay, so he is now officially back. He signed a new deal. I guess everything is happy now. Where do you view his value? Because I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you saw, but today I picked up Zach Moss just because it's that bad on my team in terms of my running back depth that should I play a Zach Moss or is it going to turn into the Jonathan Taylor show? Where do you think it's headed? Well, we all know where it's eventually headed, but when? Yeah. Clearly, they want to ease Taylor in. You know, they want to, didn't want to just say, okay, CMOS, he had put up some really big points. Mm-hmm. What was Good really night. weird about that holdout was Taylor was holding out for more money. Meanwhile, you have Moss kind of tearing it up. And yeah. so logic would say, why would you go overpay for the other guy when Moss was just going nuts every week? And then they did. But maybe they maybe they see it as, Hey, we have insurance. We have two guys. True. You know, a lot of teams are going to this kind of, they want two guys in their backfield that can sometimes be out there together uh, occasionally. I don't know if they plan to do that. I guess time will tell. But uh, to answer your question, I, I do see a role for both of them. Obviously, if one's taken hand off, the other is not. But, right. I, you know, with, with the amount of points Moss, Moss has been putting up, even if you split that between the two, both will be pretty good players. I'm not playing you this week, so should I start Zach Moss? I would until he shows otherwise. Until he has a, a, a three, four, five point week, I would just keep rolling him out there. I was gonna say because my boy Kemper has Zach Moss in our league that we've had for so long, and he's been on his bench the past two, three weeks. Oof. So he's missed twenty three points, like thirty five point games. So it's been brutal. Uh, so I, I do feel bad for my boy, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I need to put him in. I'm playing Sharon this week, who has a good team but she is own five which i do not understand she has patty mahomes jamar chase josh jacobs tj hawkinson so this is a dangerous own five team i am not liking to see i don't want to be her first win this is just a dangerous team so uh so yeah i'm not i'm not happy Whew. about it yeah yeah who do you, you got maybe... who do you have this week who are you playing against so i got a uh... Joe Buck yourself. Can I say that on here? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, you know, Goff, Nakua, Thielen, you know, Garrett Wilson on his team, St. Brown. If he's no major him. buys. It's going to be – it's it's a well, pretty the, good team. I think the one wild card on his team, too, is we're talking about like a David Montgomery. You know, coming into the season, everyone's talking about like a Jameer Gibbs. He's going to be the fantasy stud. He's the reach for the rookies. And now it's been the Danby Montgomery show, you know, so is he going to continue this hot streak? Um, I don't know. So it's, I mean, I traded for Jameer Gibbs in our other league. I don't know if that was dumb. Uh, I don't know. It'll be, see, it'll be interesting to be seen, but mm-hmm. good luck against Joe Buck yourself. Uh, I you. played him week one and crushed him. So just do the same thing. Going down, right. Joe. <laughs> All right. So Cameron's going to be mad at me because we are bringing back a segment that we have not done yet this year. You know, last week we did Pixie and Pick'em, which we hadn't done in a while. Uh, I did terribly, by the way. And so we are bringing back a new segment. So, Kemper, don't be mad at me. But it is time for some blind resumes. So, Adam, what this means is I'm going to give you – so I have a matchup of quarterbacks, a matchup of running backs, and a matchup of wide receivers. I'm not going to give you any names. I'm just giving you pure stat lines. And you are going to tell me based on the stat line, one, if you think you know who it is, go right ahead and guess who you think if it is. Mm -hmm. Or two, who you would rather have. Okay? So I will tell you this, all of these players in these matchups have all played the same amount of games and they are all within plus or minus three or four fantasy points. So they're all, it's not like one has a hundred and one is 60 and I just didn't mention that. No, they're all within 
three or four fantasy points of one another. Okay. So okay. what position do you want to start with? Quarterback, running back, or wide receiver? Start with quarterback. Start with quarterback. All right. Quarterback one on the, on the year has 980 yards passing, six touchdowns, two interceptions. He also has 27 rushes for 142 yards and one touchdown. Okay. Quarterback two has 1,258 passing yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, with 30 rushes for 132 yards. Who are you going with, quarterback A or quarterback D? <laughs> Close. You know, it's tough not knowing did one of these guys start cold and got really hot. Like a Joe Burrow, obviously, you know, he yeah. has a low start, and now I see him heating up. Um, give you a hint. Neither one of these are Joe Burrow. <laughs> to know. I'm going to go with the second guy. I, you know, a few more passing yards. Okay. I don't know if I made the right choice, but let's lock it in. So the guy you went with, or I'll, say, I'll tell you who you passed on. Quarterback one was Joshua Dobbs. You passed on Josh Dobbs of the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Okay. And you selected one Trevor Lawrence. All so right. I like that pick. What's kind of crazy is Josh Dobbs actually has one more point than Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, and obviously, Trevor Lawrence, big name. He was drafted in the fifth round of our league. And Josh Dobbs is a free agent. So just, you know, sometimes, as Kemper and I like to say, sometimes we get blinded by the names. That's why you want to see these blind resumes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So right now you have uh, Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. All right, you want wide receivers or running backs? Let's go running backs. Running backs. All right, running back A has 71 rushes for 325 yards with three touchdowns. Also has 11 receptions for 99 yards. Uh, and then running back B has 86 rushes for 328 yards, two touchdowns, and nine receptions for 100 yards. Mm. I'm going to go... Guy number two here as well, okay. only, only because I think at running back, you just want a guy with a lot of opportunities. Okay. So you're seeing more getting, than rushes. Yeah, more rushes. I think a lot of guys just, you know, you get the three yard, four yard, and then you break through, but it, it comes down to having more opportunities. I'll go, I'll go two. Okay. Uh, so once again, you passed on one Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs. Uh, he was drafted once again uh, in the eighth round of our league. I don't know why I said once again in the eighth round. Yeah. Uh, and then you selected Derek Henry, who Ooh. was drafted in the second round. So, Look at that. yeah. But once again, it's crazy because they are basically, I think they're within one point of one another. So they are neck and neck. But once again, you know, we think of Derek Henry as the stud, just the workhorse. He's just such a beast these past few years. Uh, Pacheco's still young, unproven, but right now they're. Same place. Same play. Interesting. All right. So you have Trevor Lawrence and Derrick Henry. It sounds like a pretty good squad so far. It does. Uh, all right. So now we got our wide receivers, our last one. All right. Wide receiver one has 35 targets, 27 receptions for 358 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, wide receiver two has 36 targets, 25 receptions for 274 yards, three touchdowns. And again, within two points of one another. Oof. See, I think of touchdowns as some of those are just tend to be luck. I, I'll take opportunity okay. over luck. 
Um, Same amount of targets, though. 36 and 35, actually, two has wide receiver two has one more target. You know, I went guy number two in the last couple. Let's go guy <laughs> number one here. Okay. So you passed on Jacoby Myers of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and you went with C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. So once again, so C.D. was drafted in the second round of our of our league, and Jacoby Myers was in the 14th round. So uh, I, I do kind of agree with you here in this situation. I did it basically just kind of on points that they were so close. But you're right. So the, the big difference being uh, Jacoby Myers has two more touchdowns with C.D. Lamb having some more yards, but the two touchdowns makes a big difference in – you know that discrepancy so well, i, I love the exercise i mean this is where if you're doing a trade you can say okay here's Just someone who might name. not have a, a bigger name take out the name and you might be getting a great value because someone might fall in love with a name that they know and not the numbers love exactly that. you know this all started two years ago when we were doing it on the podcast and hunter renfro was a name that was consistently brought up on these blind resumes because he was matching up with guys like deandre hopkins at some point and um you know who are the other studs a, a few years ago but he was right up there with him but and if you looked at the teams he whoever had hunter renfro was doing really well because that was a guy you probably got in the eighth ninth tenth round but if he's putting up second round numbers it's game over you know totally, two years totally. ago Kemper drafts Debo Samuel in the ninth round and he's putting up wide receiver one numbers so it's all about finding these hidden gems and just taking away the names because we do we all get blinded by it we all just think name value is the one that's going to hold it but Derrick Henry and Isaiah Pacheco the same Josh Dobbs has more points than Trevor Lawrence now that might be a little deceiving just because you know it's the beginning of the year but, you know, sometimes it's not. So it's just kind of fun to do these these blind ones just to see who people will pick. And, you know, when you do it strictly on numbers, mm. it's a different story. Now, I want to take those same names, remember them, and at the end of the season look back <laughs> and say, did a whole, did the bigger name player start out performing or or did, uh, did Josh Dobbs just tear it up and leave uh, Lawrence in his dust? I don't know. All right, listeners, you heard it here first. So we are going to compare Josh Dobbs, Jacoby Myers, and Isaiah Pacheco versus uh, Trevor Lawrence, CeeDee Lamb, and Derrick Henry. So, Adam, we're putting a lot on the line here. You're three players against those three. If you look at straight names, you got the better names. But we'll see how the numbers hold up. But, listeners, right. we will follow this up at the end of the season just because. Why not? Uh, but, Adam, thanks, man, for coming on in Kemper's absence. You did great. Uh, we learned a lot about your Cleveland history. Spectacular. And, uh, hey, good luck against Joe Buck yourself this week. And until next time, keep folding that cheese. Keep on folding.